Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Folks, welcome back to a special Rewind episode of Talk Time Live exclusive. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and in this episode, as promised, I am going to uh, let you guys listen to a 2016 interview that I had with the voice of Sailor Moon, that is Stephanie Shea. She also does Orihime from Bleach and Hinata from Naruto, amongst many other voices. But we sit down to talk about the at the time it was the uh, revival of Sailor Moon R, which they, you know, Hulu reproduced the entire uh, series unedited, uncensored at the time, because, you know, you know, when it was first hit America, it was heavily censored. Due to the uh, at the time controversy of Sailor Venus, Sailor Mars, and a little bit of more of the uh, content and subject matter that Sailor Moon was known for in Japan. So at this time, they were they just announced that they were going to uh, bring this back and don't and they weren't going to mess with it. This was total change in the industry at the time. You know, inclusion was beginning to happen in 2016 for the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQIA community, I should say. And we talk about that a little bit, but we also talk about the first SAG after strike against the video game industry in 2016. If, if you guys know they're about to do it again, rightfully so, because I believe the last time that they settled, it was... They didn't get exactly what they want, but we're going to talk about that here. And this was one of my favorite interviews still to this day. I've done many other interviews after this. Uh, and I had Stephanie Shea and the entire cast of Sailor Moon back uh, to when I did a panel for Repop uh, in 2021, I believe. And which, by the way, you can also see on TalkTimeLive.com. You can actually watch the entire full panel from there on talktimelive.com on the exclusive, uh, not the exclusive page on the, um, media page, if you will. So we had a great time talking about this and it was very candid, very open, very transparent. And I have all the love and respect for Stephanie Shea. And the minute I finished interviewing her, she was just so awesome. And she is always awesome. So Go out of your way to check this out because this week is the week that New York Comic Con is here. There's going to be a lot going on this week, so that's why this episode is coming up. And I may have another episode uh, that I may put up as well, so stay tuned for that too. And I'm trying to figure out which one that may be, but stay tuned for that. But right now, check out this interview and see how relevant it is to what's about to happen with the video game industry right now. So um, check out this interview with myself and the one and only Stephanie Shea. 
ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, and as a special post-Christmas treat, I have a very special guest on the show right now. You may have heard her voice in so many uh, video games and so many animes, and we are happy to have her on here. You may absolutely recognize her as the voice of the beloved character Hinata on uh, Naruto series, and... Of course, the voice of the most iconic and historic character in anime and Sailor Moon. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stephanie Shea. How are you doing today? Good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being a part of the show. Um, we actually, uh, we've had so many people on our show right now, and uh, you are probably, of all people, are probably the most prestigious <laughs> to say oh, that. I wouldn't show. say that. That's, thank you. Hey, I, with your list of, you know, your IMDb list, is man, I lost almost lost a short of breath just reading off of that list of uh, things that you have done in the industry. It's it's tremendous, and thank you for being a part of the show again. Um, what I wanted to ask, you know, just to start off, um, what was your first discovery? Uh, when did you first discover your love of acting? Actually, um, it's hard to say. I think like I actually grew up pretty shy, so uh, I don't think it was until junior high around then that I kind of started like I think I got like I was watching like some TV shows and I was like really into them and um and that's what kind of got me uh into the the you know learning about the shows and the actors and stuff and I was like oh uh it seemed like a a cool thing and do you remember so, that one show uh, I gotta say, I think it was, I literally think it was like a soap opera. Um, <laughs> so my first interest in the idea that acting was like a career was very, or a thing to do mm-hmm. was uh, as a career was like really superficial. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd always been performing, like my mom signed me up for like a bunch of, you know, uh, a bunch of, uh, uh, dance, you know, dance and all mm-hmm. sorts of like all sorts of different kinds of um, uh, performing classes and right. stuff, you know, right. I did plays, I did all sorts of things. So, so yeah, so it was, uh, it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't, I was familiar with the performance end of stuff. I was in choir, I did <laughs> all sorts of things like that. But now was she, was she the one that, that uh, recognized you, your, uh, love for it because i know it was my second grade teacher that you know i'm an artist so it was my second grade teacher that kind of you know noticed that i had this particular talent and started pushing it a little bit more was it was she the one that uh inspired it for you actually no my parents were not um really that supportive (laughs) (laughs) um they just wanted me to be well-rounded and my mother really liked the arts Mm -hmm. so she supported us um in in terms of in that sense but she was not she never wanted it as a career for us because it's a very difficult career um and she just wanted us to be healthy and happy and um she didn't want our lives to be hard and full of disappointment and misery so she actually did not really support that as a career choice um (laughs) yeah so yep so she she was not yeah, that was not something that she supported in 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 that sense, um, in that sense of it. So, um, but she wanted us to like it, and she wanted us to be able to to be relatively good 
um, at it in that mm-hmm. sense, but not like, um, but not necessarily more like a hobby than a profession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but not actually like, uh, have it like be our career. She, she knew that it was going to be like a tough life. And it understood, understood. I mean, at that, at that time and era too, I mean, like I think now in this day and age, more people are trying to pursue and take that risk. In this day and age, whereas like back then, it was like it, the, the uh, line of work that people were trying to do and how they were trying to do it, it's scary because, you know, in some cases, you know, you're a mother, you're a parent, somebody, you're thinking in your head like, all right, people made it out there, but it's not everybody's going to make it. And you always think of the scare tactics and the, and, and the fear of it. So I, I understand that. It, yeah, and, and I think if you are really, truly um, committed to – the, the the craft mm-hmm. you know it's it's not about being famous because most people aren't thank it's just about <laughs> um do being able to make a living at it you know thank you very much for saying that and i that to me is a pivotal statement right there because i think a lot of people the outside the naked eye of what you do what i do I think don't understand the true nature of why we do it. It's not for fame. It's not for money. If that happens, it just happens. But there's the love of what you're doing should outshine all of that. You know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Now, growing up, were you, uh, were you a fan of anime and, co- and comics or games, or, you know, everything that you're involved in, um, you know, or did you assimilate into it once you started working in the industry? Um, I watched Robotech Nice. Um, when I was a kid, and I didn't know that it was anime. It was more of so, a soap opera, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Close to a soap opera. Uh, I didn't kid realize. Kid. <laughs> I just thought it was a cartoon on TV. I didn't. I didn't realize it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was anime. So well, I then too, they it wasn't really called anime. Just they, that's you know that was labeled in the nineties, more or less. You know, it was sort of a cartoon back then. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't really know the history of the of in terms of when people started using that word, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, I just didn't, I, I didn't know it was from Japan or you know mm-hmm. any of that stuff. It was, I just knew that that's the show that I liked, and um, and then um, when I went to college, um, that's when I was kind of exposed to it a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was part, you know, I, I was definitely into the fandom, and that's actually how. I ended up pursuing uh, voice acting because I was not really a, I was not an actor who was like, oh, I always wanted to do voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to be an actor. And uh, the, at the time, the bar seemed very low in terms of voice acting for anime. So I loved anime and I was like, and actually at the time I didn't like the dubs. I just preferred to watch subtitles because I didn't think the dubs were very good. I'm glad you pointed it out too. I'm, I'm very glad you pointed it out because I, we talked about this all the time. In fact, um, way back in our early days of, which is about a year ago (laughs) of the show, um, you know, we were taught, we did a a actual uh, episode called sub versus dub and mm-hmm. I always said that, like, the dubbing now has far superseded the quality that was back then because I don't think they understood the ideology and the culture of anime back then. And what you guys are doing now is extraordinary. You know, it, it makes me want to listen to the English dubs now as much as taking time to read the subs and everything. And I was with you back then, too, because, they, you know, this was back then when it was VHS 
<laughs> was when I was watching it back then. So, um, yeah, you guys go far and away, and I I totally agree with you on that. Um, yeah, and I'm, I so I hopefully it's better. I know some people probably <laughs> still prefer subtitles. We call and, those and anime uppities. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine. I don't feel like there needs to be a debate about it mm-hmm. because nowadays there's a DVD you can switch between both languages. Right. I feel like before it was more of a thing because you would get a VHS tape and then sometimes um, they wouldn't allow you like this. The companies would only make so many dubs mm-hmm. and or so many subs. And so I can understand if you were. A, a subtitle fan and you go to the store and they would only carry dubs right. you get really upset you know <laughs> um and vice versa so uh, then from that token i understand why there was more of a debate but nowadays i don't feel like there needs to be i feel like you just watch the language that you like on the dvd and and it's just you know the fans should just promote anime in general so that there is more anime instead of infighting well just well understand <laughs> the reason the you know it's not effective it's not uh there's, not, there's no real like point to it it's for not me, the end so. of the world in other words i mean your energy debating that could be used to do certain people better the world you know what i mean <laughs> you could debate other things like that that just doesn't seem important i agree so. <laughs> now um what were some of the learning curves of doing voice acting uh that you had to work on when you first started um uh, I think like the trickiest thing if you're speaking about anime specifically is lip syncing mm-hmm. and that would be like you would when we perform we have to uh we uh perform to picture so we have to match the lip clap um so that's kind of tricky you get three beeps and then um you go and then you have to speak and the timing and you have to act in a way that is uh that um that matches the the animation and that can be a little bit tricky. Um, and then I think beyond that, um, if you're not a performer, it could be kind of, um, it can be kind of, uh, tricky, uh, for all the bigger stuff, the more dramatic stuff. Mm -hmm. It could be a little, you could be a little bit shy about yelling or being, you know, things like that. I've seen that happen for newer performers or even just getting used to hearing your own voice. Yeah. Sometimes it weirds people out in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I remember it weirded me out a little bit in the beginning. Just like you, you, you could hear every, every little like breathing sounds like you see, it's like you, you feel like you're Darth Vader. It's like <laughs> so loud. And now it's like, I don't even notice it, you know? And you don't realize it because you, you don't realize how powerful these microphones are, too. So you have to weigh out in the, the distance and everything. I, I think that's something I learned just doing this show alone. So I, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, I mean, there, and then there's like a bunch of other little things that, you know, mm-hmm. you learn as you go. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what else? You know, there's a little bit more in terms of the philosophical choices mm-hmm. about, you know, keeping things grounded or, or acting for style. Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, there's a lot of different, I mean, actors are actors, you know, but there's different styles of different projects that you work on. So, uh, different types of video games have a different style. I mean, the best way to take kind of make that analogy is like, if you were to watch television, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you're watching, uh, I don't know, you're watching something like, I'm trying to think of what's 
what's kind of popular, Game of Thrones, right? right? Game of Thrones um, has a particular style of acting. Um, and then you watch something like Bones, you know, or Castle, hmm. which has a different style of acting. If you if you said your lines from one show like they act in the other show, yeah. it just wouldn't work. Right, right. Not that the that's not that actors are better from one show or the other. It's like it's like the tone and the style is a shift. It's a complete contrast. And, um, yeah, and so you you need to kind of like learn the how to act for different properties, you right. know, and that's something that is that you know people don't always talk about but but when you're able to work in different genres then you are able to um you are able to uh work on a lot more different shows right uh you're not limited right 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 now you know you have credentials that's just far beyond just voice acting as well uh but with, with that said, um, what are some of the misconceptions that and you you visit, you go to a lot of cons, you've done a lot of interviews and such, or you spoke to people in general who you know know who you are. Um, but what are some of the misconceptions that people have when working your crafts? Oh, you mean about about being a voice actor or? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like some of the because I've come across people, uh, especially just doing what we're doing, which is different from what you're doing. Um, sort of, sort of, kind of. Um, but I've had people who just think that, it, you know, things happen in a half hour, that you get stuff done, you know, like this, like it's easy to do this. Like you don't have to edit it. Yes. Like schedule. It doesn't take yeah. hours to do five minutes or a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think that um, some of the things that are misconceptions, one, that they see us go to these conventions and they think that, we're all famous and mm -hmm. that we have loads of money and right. that's not true. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, voice actors specifically for like anime voice actors probably make the least amount of money right. um, as any other voice actors. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of us still have to do other jobs mm -hmm. to make the ends meet. Um, so there's that. We spend a lot of time auditioning for things that, you know, we not working. We spend more time auditioning than working. Um, and, uh, so, and then the other thing let's trying to think, so our fame and our money is probably greatly exaggerated to some. <laughs> um, the other misconception is that it is easy mm -hmm. or that anybody can do it. And that's not really the case. Uh, some people could be more natural at like have a, you know, just a natural inclination for it so that they might be naturally good at it. Right. But it is work. Um, and you know, I still take classes for it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I treat it like something that I could always improve at. I don't treat it as uh, that I've ever like, Oh, I've made it or whatever. I always treat it as a learning process. Um, it's something I take very serious, uh, seriously about it. People go to school for it. They go to college for it. Right. You know, a lot of actors who are very serious, like we will talk about philosophies and approaches to um, to all of this thing. So I think that there's this misconception that you can just, you know, walk into a booth and just speak your lines yeah. and and that's it. Um, or like that, you know, uh, I can sound angry, so I'm just going to yell or 
oh, you're just choosing to make a very high pitched voice or something. You know, it's um, a lot more complicated than that. Well said. Uh, honestly, you've the questions that you have answered here has been a blessing to my ears. I've had so many people who I, I think really don't understand the hard work that has been put into anything that in regards to rather media or art related and what you guys do are phenomenal. And it, you could tell the hard work and passion that goes into it. And I mean, just spot on with the with uh, that answer. I totally agree with you that and empathize at that as well. I think it's like, you know, right now there's like, you can see so much stuff on YouTube. Yeah. So there's this idea. It seems like it's easy. Like people just slap it together. But not knowing you know? how, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. knowing that, you know, a five minute clip takes eight hours sometimes to do. Yeah. And you look at some of the really famous YouTubers and they're like, oh, they're just making whatever their little videos. And, but like the people that I know who do that and I, and I don't do that, yeah. but it's a full-time job for them. Yeah. And that's how they make money that way because even though what they're doing is fun, mm -hmm. but it's a full-time job. They're doing that. Like they spend a lot of time coming up with the stuff, writing the script, then shooting it, then editing it. Then, you know, it's all, it, then they put it to music. It's like all sorts of things going on, you know, that it's a lot more work, but, mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it appears like it's easy. Like anyone can do it. It's the idea. <laughs> um, now, like I said, I mentioned about your long list of credits, uh, that you've done, especially game credits, uh, that you've done, um, <laughs> the like entire guest of we've had plain and simple. You've had the most robust of them all. Um, do you ever get a chance to check out what you've done as far as games itself? you know, with the, uh, with the gameplays and, and sceneries and all? Um, I like games. I'm just not very good at it. That's, um, that's, uh, that's a known thing. So, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't play them much mm -hmm. because I'm not, I'm not great, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, uh, uh, I sometimes check it out. Um, mm -hmm. I do like games a lot. Right. I just, I tend to play puzzle games mm -hmm. and, you know, back when, um, RPGs were turn-based, yeah. um, I would play them because they were much easier. Um, now it's too much for me. I can't. <laughs> yeah. The and, final fantasies have changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I tend to play puzzle games. I play a lot of Pokemon go. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just, I'm just not very good at games, but I'll like, you know, I'll go over to somebody's house and, <laughs> and I'll watch them play games. I actually just yesterday, um, my friend was showing me like the PS, uh, the PlayStation four, the VR. Yeah. Uh, oh, and geez. we were playing the, we were playing the X-Wing Rogue One game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I tried that. It's like an 11 minute campaign and, um, I hit one TIE fighter. <laughs> just so you know yeah and i think like his first time playing that game he took out 45 wow high fighters and i hit one so that's, <laughs> that's still more when than i tell enough. you that i am bad at video games <laughs> that i died three times i hit one tie fighter i took out one turret on mm -hmm. the star destroyer mm -hmm. but um but yeah that's i'm very bad at if, games if it helps you know, first person shooters are not my thing either. So like so out the minute somebody hits me in the back of the head, I'm out. 
So don't feel bad. And trust me, a lot of talent that has been on our show have said they have not rather played their games or not are not good at their games that they've been into. So that's a that's a that's a traditional thing I'm seeing here, which is fine. I mean, it's that's the equivalent of me playing Mike Tyson's punch out and, and just hitting Mike Tyson once and then he knocks me out. So um, now on to the back to the anime front here and, and especially one of my favorite animes of all time. And that is Naruto. You play Hinata and mm-hmm. one of the most beloved, cutest characters on the show and pretty much one of the shyest characters on the show, too. Um, when you play that character, um, have you read the scripts every once in a while? Because, you know, the tr- you know, the love situation of Haruto Naruto. You ever read that and wonder uh, I get really deep on it is to wonder well, you, which we now know with the you know what happens with those two but at the time were you ever wondering like when are they going to ever get to that point have you ever got involved in the script to that point um we don't get the script beforehand mm-hmm. so that's not like that's not like an option i guess if i wanted to i could read the manga mm-hmm. but i just generally don't have enough time right to do that kind of stuff um yeah. and um oh, to be honest, though, in terms of Naruto and Hinata, mm-hmm. uh, it, I was never worried because <laughs> nobody likes Naruto romantically. Just I, Hinata's really not had much competition. That is true. So I, so it was not something that I was worried. I was, you know, I was more worried about like uh, Orihime and, and Ichigo. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of Rukia fans out there. So <laughs> that, like, but nobody, I mean, as much as people like Naruto, nobody wants to date him. So it was, it, it was never, I was never worried about that pairing. Yeah, human, you know, if, he, if real world, real world wise, he would be that bonehead guy <laughs> that everybody would meet him like, how or why did they end up together? <laughs> that type of situation. So I, I get that. Um, you also had or have the pleasure of playing the voice of arguably probably the most legendary anime character of all time. And that is Sailor Moon. Um, were you excited about taking on that role, uh, knowing his popularity? Um, I was excited to be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit worried about how it would be received. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I also knew that, there's not much I could do about it. <laughs> so I, I had the moment of like, oh, gosh, I hope there's not too much hate. Right. And then after that, I was just like, all right, I can't think about that. I'm just going to have to do my job. <laughs> so, yeah. It's better to just go ahead and take the risk and just, you know, worry about it later than not taking the risk at all. <laughs> well, I, I I mean, I wasn't going to turn down the show. I, I You know, it was uh, I. You know, I I was thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah. But how much I was going to worry about it is something mm. different. Right. Like, right. I don't spend too much time uh, worrying about. You know, it's just not. It's uh. It. I don't find it like it goes back to like the. You know, it's it's not a good. Uh, it's not a good use of your time. I agreed. I agreed, yeah. and I think everybody should have that mindset. Absolutely. Yep. So um. And just so happens that uh, coming this January will be a new or revived Sailor Boom movie that's coming out in theaters. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what can we expect? 
Well, here's the thing. It's the Sailor Moon R movie. So if you know the movie, you've seen the movie. It's <laughs> that am. movie. That is the movie. Um, the thing that's awesome about it is that it's going to be in theater. So you mm-hmm. get to see Sailor Moon on the big screen. Um, and also, it's so rare that you get to see anime on the big screen. True. And it's even rarer that you would get to see Sailor Moon since it's such a you know old classic anime. Like, and so, it's a good one. I've seen that one like years ago. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to spoil anything in the plot, but <laughs> that said, you know, I mean, you could just go online or find find the old version and watch it. Like, it's not like a total spoiler. Um, but um, it, the cool thing is that it, it is going to be in theaters, and I hope everybody comes out and supports it because really um, it's an eventful thing to have it in theaters. And if it's like, if we want more things like this for anime, for fandom, yeah. then fans have to show up and and actually, you know, pay for a ticket. Absolutely. Because because it that, that's the way the world works, you know. Like <laughs> it doesn't if they don't sell enough tickets, if they lose too much money, then they're not going to do it again. You know, they're yeah. they're not, you know, because it's not worth it for them. So because it costs it costs them money to to get the to get the um to bring the movie to the yeah. theaters. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a big step for anime too, for it to, for any anime that has come out in the theaters. It means, to, it means that, you know, studios are taking a chance on it and we absolutely, we need to support it. So definitely everybody, it comes out, uh, what, January 13th this year of, of next year. Yes. January 13th. Yeah. Yes. Select theaters. In so. a couple weeks. Yeah. Just a couple weeks, people. So, uh, and if you haven't seen Sailor Moon, uh, or the movie, and if you, you know, if you're, if you have seen it and you now have kids, definitely as well, you definitely want to go out your way to show them why that show and why that series is such a beloved series. Uh, definitely. Final question, and thank you so much again, Stephanie, for being a part of the show. You've been absolutely tremendous uh, this, uh, in this uh, interview. Um, a common question that we always ask our guests uh, out of a list of characters that you've started with since 1991. Uh, what characters do you think that resembles you the most? Um, even even if they're a little bit more exaggerated. Oh, jeez, I have. It's no a long idea. list. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know which characters most like me. Jeez, that's really hard. Because um... you said you were shy, but you you're not as shy as he not he not a by far. Uh, I was really shy when I was younger. It's something that I eventually grew out of it. Thank mm-hmm. God. Um, but I was also bullied, um, Um, when I was a kid. So that a lot of the shyness, uh, came, I mean, I was, I was like an overweight kid that did not have great personal hygiene. mm -hmm. So, um, I understand why I would be bullied, but we were just, we're, that's no excuse. We're just evil. (laughs) Uh, no, I mean, you know, kids are, when they're different, they tend to get picked on. That is true. Um, and it's not cool or it's not nice, but, but like, you know, it's not like I was this like well-adjusted, you know, adorable, funny, charming child. I was a little bit awkward, Mm -hmm. wore sweatpants for Mm -hmm. multiple days on end. Um, and I was like chubby and shy. So Mm -hmm. I was not like I was not exactly the popular kid. Um, that said, 
Jeez, um, this is a hard question. Um, <laughs> Forgive me, I know because it is a I, look. People, if you go into IMDb and see all that she's done, you can understand why we probably will be here till tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's not even about it's not even about which role, pick character. It's not about the number of characters. It's just like I'm trying to think. I don't feel like there's too many. I don't feel like too many characters are like like me. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Maybe Mamimi because she was also picked on, and I, and for a while, I, like really liked to burn stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of, but personality-wise, uh, that's a story for another say. interview. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, not a problem. Well, definitely. Um, go, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, if you don't mind, uh, if I could just take some time to just talk about the after strike that's going on. You know, thank you because I didn't know whether you wanted to, if you could actually go to that. And uh, you know, I've been following it on Twitter and been supporting all of you, Kyle Haybert and Molly Flanagan, by all means, please, people need to know about this. So I, I, I don't know if like, you know, how many of your listeners are play games and stuff like that. And, um, so the SAG after is the actors union, um, and uh, they support the actors and they and they kind of set the guidelines for uh, for union jobs, mm-hmm. which means they establish the rate like that way uh, game producers can't abuse uh, the actors. So they they can't say like, oh, because there's so many people who want to be a voice actor, right? right? Like so many people want to be a voice actor in a video game, but they set these regulations so they can't say things like, hey, you got to you you get to work for one dollar an hour you know because there's so many people who would who would do that so um the idea is that actors are part of this union and 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 they um uh they have like kind of standards um and they have a contract that they agree to and they negotiate to and so the contract for video games when it was created it was created a long time ago when like gaming was was like such a new thing right um and uh and it needs to be you know the contract expires so it needs to be updated and the they the sag after was in negotiations with um several game producers and they couldn't come to agree an agreement mm-hmm. and so because they can't come to an agreement the actors are on strike which means that we're not working right which means that you know for i guess that two months now I guess. it's two mm-hmm. months but if i'm correct this is this discussion has been going on for far longer than that correct oh yeah it's been going on because they've been in negotiation right like they have been negotiating and they've been trying to come to agreement and um it just hasn't uh, happened so that's why we're on a work stoppage and just to clarify this it doesn't mean that all games are being stricken right it's just certain companies and these are the companies that are kind of like refusing the terms and some of the terms um have to do with um what they're considering i guess like bonus pay yeah so you know the actors would like to have some kind of payment extra payment if the video game does really well right and i think that there's this misconception that 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 the actors are like just trying to be greedy right so well, when I go I, to I, I'm sorry I yeah. know the LA Weekly was one of the misconceptions of that that they wrote well, an article about Well they wrote a story that kind yeah. of implied that um, yeah. but just to clarify for your listeners so that you know that when the we talk about this how the bonus the bonus uh pay uh 
the what the way the the proposal of how it is set up is that you know uh, as it stands when an actor goes in we work in four hour sessions typically right so we get paid for four hours worth of work right um and then the idea for bonus pay is that we would get a percentage of what we get got paid for mm. those four hours right um as a little bonus when the game makes two million copies like when it when it sells two million copies right so if it sells two million copies we get a little bonus mm -hmm. and the bonus is a percentage of what we made you know so it's not like it's we're not talking about like huge bonuses you know we're talking about like less than a hundred bucks like you know what i mean right like right not, right it, it's not huge and then then what happens is when the next two million so when it hits four million we get another little bonus mm -hmm. and then when it hits six million we get another little bonus and then when we hit eight million you get another little bonus and then it caps out at eight million wow which means if a game makes 20 million 40 million whatever we don't get any more bonuses right now the actors don't get any bonuses oh, ever wow. we don't get any sort of bonus at all so we just get paid for our four hours worth of work and that's it that's you know so they would like to put in some kind of structure in there for like, hey, if the producers are making a lot of money, then let's all let's all spread it around and give a little bit back, you know. Um, and and then the other thing, too, is about vocal health, you know, to have um, to have measures in place to protect our voices because yeah. video game work is the most vocally stressful. Right. We're screaming, we're dying, we're grunting like. I sometimes you are screaming so hard that you can't work for the next two days. I've had Kyle Habert on twice talk about his ventures in Street Fighter Five, and you know he has to do all. And Molly Flanagan too, who does a lot of you know her, you know she's Naruto. She does a lot of screaming on both the yeah. show and the video game. And I asked them about how they preserve their voices like that, and they both. It's like you have to survive. If <laughs> it sounds like what you have to do instead of being you basically have to not work. Yeah. You know? But they're not paying you to not work for the next, you know, two days. Right. So it's it's a it's a little it's vocal rest is like the best that you can do. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a really it there should be measurements in place to protect, you mm -hmm. know, one's voice. And then the last thing is that not, voice actors are not the only performers that are part of this um, part of bringing the characters to life. A lot of it has to do the stunt performers, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we were on a movie set and there was an action scene, there's something called a stunt coordinator. Right. There is somebody there to make sure that the actors, the stunt actors, the mocap actors, that they're safe, that that all of the safety measures are taking in place, that they've rehearsed it enough, that everything is choreographed. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like that for a video game. Yeah, there is no safety coordinator on a video game set. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Langdon was on our show too. And he explained something similar to that too. Cause he does his yeah. own stunts. Yeah. There's nobody making sure you're okay. You know, and you look at games these days, it, it, they get, they're more and more action oriented. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's a huge safety concern. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, those are the things that, that is in terms of what we're fighting for, you know, right. if what, what we're striking for. I got one question for you in regards to this, too, if you if you can answer this. Um, I watched the Video Game Awards just recently that just came out, and I'm sure you've heard 
I'm sure you know about this. Uh, Nolan North, who's one of the most known voice actors out there, yes. did his speech. And first of all, I was wondering whether any of those select companies, the game companies were going to be there. And in fact, they were. So that was one shocker. And then the other shocker was Nolan North coming out to talk about it and bringing up his speech. Um, I'm sure you may have possibly heard about it. Um, Are you able to talk about his speech or have an opinion of what he said? I I haven't heard his speech. Okay. Um, uh, I haven't heard his speech. Um, I am. I don't. I, you know, I've run into Nolan. I know who he is. Mm -hmm. And. Um, he's a, he's a very nice man. Right. Um, I, I know that both him and Troy Baker do not support the strike. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, him and Troy Baker don't really, you know, <laughs> they have a different, they have different options than most. I take it. No, I, oh, no. What I'm saying is that they don't make scale. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like celebrities, right? Exactly. So like. If you were asking, so for example, like if you were asking like uh, Tom Cruise or whoever, Tom Cruise makes millions of dollars. That's his base pay. That's right. what he gets paid for this job. So if you're asking him to come and stand up and fight for like residuals, which is like little bit of percentage, you know, if a, a movie does well, like it doesn't really change, doesn't really affect him so much. Exactly. So, That's what I was pointing like, out when we had this discussion on our show re- um, a while back. So that, that, I mean, that's my personal opinion about it. Yeah. That said, I don't know. I, I have not heard from Nolan personally. So he, I don't know if that's really true, truly what motivates him. I can't say that's, you know, everyone has their own take on it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is in support of it, but he has a different perspective because mm-hmm. he it doesn't it doesn't really affect him. Right. This is kind of like for the little people, for the people that come in. Exactly. And the hundreds of actors who come in and play soldier A, B and C and have to yell and scream and are like trying to, you know, pay their rent on their house right. and things like that, you know, where something like this would make a huge difference Absolutely. to them. And while they not may not be like huge stars, you know, they, it, their roles are important, you know, mm-hmm. in creating the game. So. Yeah. Understood. Well, like I said, I, you know, I've been following this for the longest time and I'm so glad that you were able to mention this and talk about this on the show because I really didn't want to talk about this, but I didn't know how far I can go, you know, whether you guys had some sort of, you know, um, stipulations on what can be said or not, but I'm glad that you were able to, cause I know you're one of the, uh, one of big stronghold in this fight right now or in this, uh, discussion per se. And, uh, Thank you for taking the time to talk about that because I think of course. It, I, 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 empath- mean, I empathize with you all as far as the hard work that you as artists that you guys put in. And as somebody who was denied his worth and now is out doing his thing, this I trust me when I tell you, I'm so happy that you guys are fighting back. And to be honest, like it's tough right now because I don't think like we're not no one wants to not work. Right. There are a lot of actors right now. They're a work stoppage means that we choose not to work. Right. We have decided that this means so much to us that we are refusing to work. So that's hard. We all have to, we all still have to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. We don't want to not work and we love what we do, you know? So this is, this is, but this is the only way we can kind of get the producers to listen right. and to pay attention and to see that we matter. 
So if you are not going to, uh, you know, if you're not going to like kind of come to the table and, uh, and take our concerns seriously, then you don't get our services. Right. But at the same time, just to keep in mind that it's, this is hard for all of the actors, you know, especially the actors who are, who really need the money, who need these jobs to make this choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and guys, if you really want to know exactly more on what's going on, you could go to the SAG Asterisk website. They have all the information to keep you updated on what's going on and where they're going to be at and where they're protesting at. And, you know, just please support this. This is a major deal. I mean, if you've ever been wronged or not, you know, or denied your worth at any job. You should definitely understand what they're going through right now, but they're fighting back and they're doing a great job doing it so far. I wish you all the best and and you guys, you know, just keep fighting for your worth. Thank you. Thank you. Now, before we head off, um, Uh I want to give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, tell your fans, our listeners, where they can find you and follow you at right now. So by all means, the floor is yours again. Oh, um, so (laughs) if you want to keep up, with my ongoings, you can um, go just follow me on Twitter, which is at Stephanie Shea. It's just my name, all one word. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I don't add just I don't add people I don't know to my regular Facebook, but I do have like a Facebook pages. Official. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'll, you know, I'll post links to convention stuff. And mm-hmm. and like, you know, I posted a link on where to buy the tickets to to uh, uh, the Sailor Moon screening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Facebook and then on Instagram, I'm Touche, the number two, and then mm-hmm. my last name. Well, Stephanie, thank you again. This has been one of the most cherished interviews I've ever had to say. Oh, it's so sweet. It, it really is. You've been a, you've been such a sweetheart and a pleasure. Uh, thank you again for taking the time. And uh, I'll consider this my birthday gift for myself coming January the 13th after I actually go see the movie and support that as well. Uh, (laughs) happy birthday early birthday well thank you so much so uh guys i hope that you love this episode and again support everything that uh the these artists do performance does matter and and if you go on your twitter and you want to pass it on uh hashtag performance matter i believe is what they're going by uh correct yep Okay, so you definitely want to do that as well. And uh keep following stephanie and all that she's doing and stephanie once again thank you so much for being a part of talk time live Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Guys, on behalf of myself and the lovely, talented, and beloved Stephanie Shea, this is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live exclusive. We're out of here. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.